The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, thanks for hanging with us. My name is Jared Johnson. I'm your host, and this is Season 2 of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and help create the digital consumer experience. So we're just excited to have you on this program. We hope you'll join the posse. That's what we like to call it when we invite you to engage with us here on the program. You can join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends about this program. You can also find our full archive of episodes at healthcarewrap.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter at healthcarewrap to suggest a topic or guest that you'd like to hear on the program. And finally, a very special thank you to Express Docs, Ulterra Digital, and the Podcast.Healthcare Network for helping us spread the awesome. And with that, I want to make sure we have enough time today for our guests to really, really give us all sorts of fun stuff because we've got Ben Dillon back on the program. And Ben is one of the very few who have been fortunate enough to be a return guest on this program. I want to welcome you and congratulate you and welcome you back from the land of spreadsheets <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on the show again, Jared. Yeah, I understand that there's been a little bit of time you've been spending lately uh, crunching some numbers, and uh, we'll we'll explain why that is and kind of what what's been on your on your plate here lately. But tell us, yeah, what you've been up to lately? Sure. Well, we've done a survey of digital marketers in healthcare, and this is something we've done over the years. So, you know, this, 14 years ago, we did our first survey. This is our ninth. So we've done it every year-ish. You know, there's been a year or two in there where we've either, you know, shifted time of year or taken a year off, but in our ninth survey over 14 years, and uh, it's a big undertaking. we collected this year more responses than we've ever had. So we had 267 healthcare provider organizations that responded to the survey, another 40 vendor agency partners that responded. And so, you know, our biggest survey ever, and, and you know, we were very excited because you know that it is harder and harder to get people to fill out a survey these days. So uh, a lot of uh, great effort went into that. Um, and this is the third time, the third year that we've done this survey in partnership with eHealthcare Strategy and Trends. So yeah, so I spent the last couple of months digging through data and really deep diving on what the insights are coming out of all of that information, all of that data. So it's a long survey and there's always more things that we want to put in. So we actually, we took a step back this year and said, where can we cut? And of course, like any big project, what's really been valuable to our customers? So this year we did a survey of, of sort of repeat survey takers to find out what they were valuing and not valuing. 
And we put together an advisory board this year as well. Jared was part of our advisory board. So thank you for all of your, your help and insights through that process. But it was a real eye-opener. Certainly, you know, there were some things where the advisory board validated some of our thoughts on this stuff, but there were also some big surprises. So a couple of things that sort of jumped out. And all throughout the survey, I think we had some changes. And because of this, you know, sort of end-user input from, from the survey, first off, you know, lots of ideas about how to think about organizations and organization size. We've traditionally used bed size. We've known that that's, that's getting to be a less and less good measure for organization sizing. And, uh, you know, this year, the advisory board said, no, 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 like, you really need to shift that, particularly in the way that we were looking at, at budgets. So, we, you know, we have how much you're spending on digital, things like that. And we were trying to figure out how to do that in a way where organizations can really use that data. So in the past, we've done sort of a budget per bed kind of basis. And they said that that's a really kind of bad way to do it these days. And so we looked at it this way as a budget based on the percent of the overall marketing budget, for instance. So there were a bunch of those kinds of changes that went through this. One of the other big insights is we, we weren't sure how useful the, some of the, the team size stuff was. And what we found was there's a huge hunger for more information about team size, team structure, how organizations are investing, staffing resources, things like that. But at the same time, the questions the way we were asking them were really challenging. We were just asking, like, how big is your, you know, sort of core digital team? And what we were getting back was, you know what, this stuff is getting more and more integrated into the organization. You know, once upon a time, this was sort of a thing that those guys over there did. And so it was easy to answer a question like, how big is your digital team size. Now, people live in lots of different departments. It's something everyone has their hands in to some degree. We formulated a new way to sort of ask some of those questions too. We had 20 functional areas and asking, you know, how much staff is involved in each one of these totally changed the kinds of answers we were getting. That was really, really exciting as well. So, and I'll, I'll get a little more into that one as, as, I, as I talk a little bit about... Uh, some of the you know, big takeaways there too. Before I get into that though, a couple of things that we do differently in this survey that I think are, are really important if you're, if you're looking for data. Certainly, you know, we, we do some things where we're looking at stuff across the board, right? We've got big organizations, small organizations, really a cross-section of the healthcare provider space represented here. And it's interesting to see what organizations overall are doing, but I think it's often much more actionable to be able to see what are the leaders doing differently from everyone else? You know, when, with the best organizations at digital marketing within our space, how are they staffing things differently? How are they investing? How are they approaching things? What, what do they find more or less important? Where are they focusing time and energy? So we break things out by leaders, average organizations, and organizations that are falling behind, which we call laggards. And we really look at how the, you know, what are the differences between the ways that they're executing and different things out there. I mentioned already, we have responses from agencies and vendors. It's a little different than the other surveys out there. We're, you know, certainly getting much of our data from people within the provider community, but, you know, the, agency vendor partners out there have a different kind of perspective. You know, that perspective is in part different because they're not inside the walls. They're not always dealing with some of the politics and some of the challenges, like the things they, they are dealing with are different. But it's also different because they're looking at a lot of different organizations and it gives them a different perspective. So we get a slightly different set of questions, but a lot of them map together. So there are a number of places where we can look at, this is how the providers are looking at this question 
And this is how their agency vendor partners are, are looking at it. And sometimes how those two answers are different is really insightful as well. And then we do lots and lots and lots of data crosses because you know, individual questions are always great, but we find the best insights often where you know, multiple questions are intersecting there as well. So that's how we're sort of trying to bring actionable information and not just you know, interesting data that we're, we're seeing out there. In terms of things that really jumped out this year, a couple that I think are, are worth talking about. The first is that staffing, right? So, you know, I talked a little bit about how we're, we're, we looked at that question differently this year. We asked that question differently this year. And so, you know, last year, I think, you know, the leading organizations had like seven or eight people on staff. It was bigger than the other groups, but it wasn't that big a number. This year, the team sizes came out dramatically bigger. And again, we were asking a different question. We were looking for a different thing. So instead of saying, you know, who's in your core digital team, we asked, we're really asking, what is the total staff investment that's going into making your digital work. So I think at the end of the day, it gives us a much more accurate representation of what's really going on out there and what's really what it really takes in order to do this stuff. But the result of that was the mean team size for leaders was 24 and a half people, right? So much, much larger team sizes when we start to look at, you know, what is the total staff investment that's really going on here? Some of those people are in marketing, some of them are in IT, some of them are in communications or PR, you know, other places in the organization. But when we look at all of that together, we're seeing that, in fact, these organizations are putting a lot more staff time into executing than we thought before. We look at means and median. So, you know, it's 24 and a half mean, sometimes because some of the teams get very, very large and things like that. Uh, sometimes the median is a better measure. Measure the median was was still twenty. So so much much larger team sizes when we start to look at all of those different moving pieces in there. The next sort of big takeaway that I had was, and really a bit of surprise to me, there's a tremendous gap still between how important the financial measures of success are for digital marketing and the ability of most of the providers in our space to actually demonstrate that to their organization, right? We've seen big growth in the adoption of CRM systems, more sophistication in terms of uh, some of the financial reporting systems, much more trackability as, as we move into digital from traditional media. And yet, we, you know, the biggest gap between importance and ability to demonstrate on our goals was all around financial metrics, ROI, revenue, and profitability. And so that was an area that we, we did dig into a little bit. We were sort of, uh, you know, planning already to, to look at ROI in a little bit more detail, not expecting that that, that was going to be the place with the biggest gap. It was interesting, though, because, you know, we asked a couple of different questions. For the folks who said, no, we're really not able to demonstrate and report ROI right now, we asked, well, what's, what's getting in the way? What, what are those challenges? And the top item there was uh, lack, of, lack of tools, lack of infrastructure. And again, kind of surprising there given the growing adoption of CRM systems and for all the different things CRM systems can do. Uh, when I start talking about with health systems, uh, what they're looking for in CRM, and we, you know, that's not really a business we're in, we don't do a lot of that, but almost always one of the top things that they're looking for when they put a CRM system in place is the ability to report on, on financial success, right? The ability to, to tie downstream revenue to the activities they're doing from a marketing perspective. And that was far and away the, the, the biggest item. Almost 70% of people indicated that as, as one of their top reasons why. More interesting to me, though, was that the number two reason that was given was no one's asking for it. 
right? We're not being asked to provide formal justification or financial justification. And so we don't, despite the fact that it, it seems like when we're talking with organizations out there, ROI is, is always on everybody's mind. The reality is for a lot of organizations, that was uh, about a third of organizations reported that is one of the reasons why they're not doing ROI reporting. No one's actually asking it for them for it. And, and given, given no one asking, they're not bothering to go through the exercise. And certainly, you know, particularly if you don't have the tools and infrastructure in place, it can be a real challenge. That was another one of those, those big insights within there. The last sort of big aha, and something that, that I think made me feel really good about the progress we're making as an industry, last year we asked some questions for the first time about personalization, particularly website personalization. And last year, the, you know, the numbers were really, really limited. We're seeing an uptick in, in usage of that. One of the things we did learn last year, though, is when we ask about personalization within a marketing context, uh, we're actually getting a lot of different ideas of what that is. Uh, you know, web personalization is one element of that, but organizations are also looking at that within email and printing and portals and, and all sorts of other things. And so um, personalization is, is a broader topic than just what's happening on, on the website. And so we did ask some questions this year. Email is the place where the most personalization is happening right now, which is, which is pretty exciting. But within web personalization in particular, one of the big stingers last year was when we asked, is this making you better? Is this making your marketing better? And last year, the answer was largely no. Like we had just a lot of people who were almost angry in their responses about like what they were getting from personalization. 36% were strongly disagreeing. Like it was pretty negative numbers. This year, you know, we're not seeing a huge number of people like, yes, this is life changing. This is dramatically changed what we're doing. But we did have, you know, 43% of folks this year say, yes, I agree that personalization is making my marketing better. And the number of people that are in the disagree, strongly disagree category shrunk in total down to about 11%. So a huge shift from people who are really just not seeing value for what was probably a pretty significant investment on their part. A lot of folks still in the neutral category, a lot, you know, about 43% also in the neutral category. But it was a big step forward in terms of, yeah, we're, we're finding places where this is working. There are places where I'm, I'm maybe not so sure, but I'm not, I'm not unhappy and more likely to be at least somewhat pleased with the results we're starting to see. And I think this is indicative of the fact that personalization in this realm is, is not simple. Uh, in part, it's not simple because, frankly, the, the use cases, the things we do with it within healthcare feel very different than what's happening in retail or travel or you know some of these other spaces where it's been ingrained in what they're doing from a digital perspective for a longer period of time. Uh, we just have some different use cases out there. And there's a learning curve to this stuff. Putting the tool in place doesn't magically, magically make what you're doing different. It is an enabling technology and we're, each organization is now finding the use cases that really start to add some value for them and make what they're doing from a digital perspective more effective. So there's lots and lots of other insights in uh, the report, of course, but those were a couple that, that really uh, resonated for me. I love it. And, and I'll tell you what, when, as we move into rap battle... Rap battle! Rap battle is where we talk about you know, how things are changing and how they need to change. I'd love to hear just a thought or two about 
kind of where all this takes us. You know, uh, that was a, it was such a good snapshot of where things are. And there are some things that are changing in the industry overall. I'm curious, you know, what you think that means for us or, or what's next? You know, like what's a good kind of like a, a next step or next thought? Or like if, if you were one of those who are answering the survey, you know, what might you want to be thinking about next? Well, I think, I think the next step for every organization is different based on where they are today, right? So I think that's always the first thing anyone needs to do when they're, when they're looking at this data or any data is, is assess, okay, this is the range of stuff. Where am I at today? And so then what, what is my next step based on that? And so, uh, you know, within our survey, we've got all of the stuff in there for how we broke the groups into laggards and average and leaders. I always tell folks, go through, score yourself, like figure out where you fall on that spectrum. And then based on that, you can really see within the data, what is it that gets us to that next stage? What is it that, that we should be doing in order to advance things within our organization? And there's, you know, there's a lot of different sort of elements within that in terms of, you know, how organizations are staffing and what they're spending and, and, and things like that. But I think that's, that's usually the place to start is to say, you know, if I'm here, what's that next big thing to do? I will say that this year, a couple of things that those leading organizations are doing particularly well. Um, and some of them are similar to last year. We had some things that, that kind of started to emerge as sort of newer trends within that. Leaders are really good at content. And last year, that was like the number one sort of set of items, you know, content development, content marketing, things like that. Uh, when we looked at the places that leaders were really outshining everyone else in terms of, again, the, the criteria upon which we rate them for, for the different grouping. So, you know, like, how do you do, how are you doing in this area relative to your competitors? Content development, content marketing were the things where they, they outstripped the rest of the pack by the largest margin. And, you know, and, and that's one of those areas where when you have great content, it's the tide that lifts all boats, right? It makes everything else you're doing easier or more effective. It's just a really powerful lever to accelerate all the different things you're doing and, and be more effective at them. And particularly for those leaders who are doing more personalization and marketing automation and, and, and those sorts of things, like all of those sort of more sophisticated tool sets like require a constant feeding of content. Like it's just a beast that eats all the content you can throw at it. And so having a good engine that's generating high quality content is, is really important. Uh, that continued to be a trend this year. This year though, that was snuck out a little bit by sort of overall digital strategy. And so the leaders this year, in addition to being like exceptional at content, having a strategy, having a plan for how the pieces are fitting together. You know, this is an increasingly complex space. The marketing stack, you know, marketing tech stack for what digital marketers are putting in place in order to do all the things they're being asked to do grows every single year. Like if you don't have a strategy for how these things are going to be implemented, where you're going with them, have a, have a direction and a vision for what this is going to be for the organization in the future, it's really hard to do more than sort of iterate within the space you're in. And so leaders are, are really looking a little longer term, coming up with bigger picture plans, and that seems to be really helping them stay ahead of the pack as well. I need a dime, ain't faking a fuck. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Altera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Altera Digital. It's off the hook. 
Hey guys, this is Jared. Ulterra Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. It's interesting because, yeah, that combination of content and strategy, things just keep coming back to that. And it feels like the evolution of both of those terms has, okay, I guess the definition has evolved. <laughs> there yes. we go. Because they really have. And, and it sounds like the, the data you know, really shows that as well. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it back to those two points because we really have to get back to what's not the shiny object. And that was a curious finding for me is that while there was a lot of talk about the tech stack and really what I'd consider the shiny objects here and there sometimes mm-hmm. that things really did come back to at the end of the day. Okay. Well still for us to do our marketing, right. We've got to do content, right. And we've got to do it strategically. And we've got to really nail those two pieces because there's less margin for error, I guess these days. So a great way to just kind of wrap those pieces up and, and say, there are a lot of different insights in it. And I encourage listeners to, if, if they, have a chance to go, you know, dig through this the report even more. So now, as we as we end up with this this last segment, we're going to move into keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping it real is this new segment where I just ask you one simple question, Ben. And it, so it sounds simple to me, but we'll see, you know, how how this goes for you. Here's the question: It's it's just it's really simple. It's what's one thing marketers can do better to improve healthcare now? Yeah, other than more podcasts, of course. I mean, more more podcasts go without really any any further explanation. That's a given. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a given. <laughs> it is a it's a really interesting time in healthcare and healthcare marketing. We're seeing fascinating visions of where everything's going. There's so many things in flux. And, you know, and, and for the things that we do within marketing, a lot of these things could go either way, right? You know, we, we've, we've got these pressures out there where uh, on the one hand, lots of groups are, are trying to encourage greater competition, which makes, you know, the marketing function more and more important. And then you've got on the other side, insurers pushing to narrow networks so that, you know, uh, to, to take choices away from people because they can do that for, you know, more efficiency purposes, which which makes marketing maybe a little bit less important in, in that mix. So I think there's a lot of things in play, a lot of questions out there. I think this, I think reflects a lot to some of those findings from the survey, but I think it's really important that in addition to, of course, being able to execute you know, fantastically, because, you know, nothing matters if you can't get the stuff done uh, when you get to the table. But I think it's increasingly important that marketers are able to be strategic in order to earn the, the proverbial seat at the table, right? To be part of the bigger strategic discussions going on in the organization. I think we are making big, big progress in this space, but I think we continue as, as a group, as an industry, to continue to have a long way to go within that. And part of this is without that voice represented at the table, I think there's a lot of 
sort of suboptimal decisions that get made by the organization. But also, I see a lot of the things that are coming up as things that in any space other than healthcare, we would look at those as healthcare problems. And in healthcare, because in so many organizations, we're not part of the discussion, the people who are at the table are seeing them as problems that they would solve, right? If you if you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? So, you know, population health, I think, is a great example here, right? I don't know of any organization where that's not one of the things that they're working on, one of the things they're thinking about, one of the things that, that they're focused on. And when you think about population health, right, you're targeting high-risk groups and you're personalizing messaging and you're trying to engage patients or consumers and you're trying to change behavior. And, and when you look at the set of things you need to do, like, that is a that is a marketing problem. Like that is the thing that marketers do, right? We we target, we personalize, we're good at communicating, we engage people, we move them to action, so on and so forth. If marketing is at the table, we can we can be part of that and we can make our organizations better at executing on those big picture goals. And when we're not, then the IT people look at it and they see it as an IT problem, or the chief medical officer looks at it and sees it as a clinical problem, right? And not that their input and the things they bring to the table aren't important in moving our organizations forward in that way, but they are not going to be very good at that without the kind of skills that all of us bring to the table from a marketing, particularly a digital marketing perspective. So we need to be great at doing the work. We need to be producing things that are beautiful and, and things that win awards and all those sorts of things. But we also need to be making sure that, A, we can have that higher level discussion and not just be sort of in the details of, of what we're doing. But also, we need to make sure that the things that we're doing are delivering value in a validated and quantitative way, right? That we can put numbers in front of the powers that be within our organizations to show how we are moving the needle so that when the questions come up about what's next and what the big strategic questions are, that we've already got the credibility that we should be part of solving those problems. And, and again, I think that's been a process. I think we've all been working on that. I think a lot of people have made a lot of progress there. I don't know any organization where there isn't more progress to be made, though. And so I would I'd really continue to focus on that as a way to tackle making healthcare better going forward. I love that thought, Ben. And I, I think as we focus on the efforts that are being made and we, we recognize that there is still change that needs to be done, that if we have the right mindset, like you just described, then we really can move those things forward. There, there are some very bright minds in this industry. There are, there are people working to solve problems every day. And that's the part I love focusing on and, uh, and, and great, great way to, to answer that, Ben. So before we go, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure People had a chance if they want to hear more about the survey itself, the results, anything else you've got going on, how to connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? I can certainly be found on Twitter at Ben at Geo, B-E-N-A-T-G-E-O. And of course, we've got lots of great information on our website, geonetric.com, G-E-O-N-E-T-R-I-C. And in fact, if you go out to geonetric.com forward slash webinars in about Oh, two weeks, uh, May 29th, we are doing a full webinar to, to talk about more details from the survey. That's also a great place, genetric.com, to uh, get on the list to uh, get a copy of the survey results. And if next week you will be out at the HMPSS show, the Healthcare Marketing Physician Strategy Summit in Chicago, my team and I will be out there and we will have some copies of the survey 
as well that we'll be sharing. And, and certainly I'm excited to meet with some people and talk about some of the learnings we've had uh, from the survey there as well. Thanks a lot, Ben. I can tell you listeners just from personal experience of being able to read, understand, digest, and, and participate in the survey. It is, is well worth, it's, it's worth the deep dive. It is worth basing things off of, and it's, it's really an essential part of the program that any hospital or health system or provider's got going on, it feels like. So thanks for sharing, Ben. Uh, what great insights here, and I look forward to uh, hearing more about what comes of this and ideally, you know, next year's survey as well, because things keep changing for us. So thanks again for joining the program. Uh, for you listeners, keep an ear out for more Rockstar guests like Ben throughout all of season two. I'm telling you, we're just loaded up with, with fantastic guests who have such great insight on everything. So uh, we invite you again to join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Altera digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. So on behalf of Ben and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thanks.